Hey everybody, welcome to Murder They Spoke. We're back again for a brand new episode, and this week Chandler is taking the lead. We're really excited. All right, are you guys ready? Well, wait. Yeah. Well, can we like <laughs> chat for a second? I haven't talked to you guys in like two hours. I, <laughs> I know, and Miranda's been dead. Yeah, where have you been all day, Miranda? Well, my department that I work for is in charge of like hosting career fairs and getting students jobs after they graduate. And today was the last day of a two day, all day STEM fair, job, job and internship fair. And oh, so, so like science and math and stuff. Yep. Science, technology, yeah. engineering and math. And so it was all day yesterday and all day today. So I came home, took a shower where I sat down in the shower for 45 minutes oh <laughs> and, and then just, just to chill and then got up and made dinner and then fell asleep with my dog bear on the couch at 8:30. <laughs> so it's been a, it's been a busy couple of days. Sweet. What'd you do today, Chandler? Not much. I watched children and worked on this, and (laughs) um, that's pretty much it. What did you do, Ellen? Um, well, my kids fought all day. What? What are you painting? Well, see, this thing happens every time my husband leaves where (laughs) I... Temporarily leaves, by the way, not left her. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good save good save <laughs> I forget. I forget. yeah he was out of town for like six weeks so um so every time he leaves I do something new to our house and this span of six weeks I am redoing our bedroom and our master bathroom last time was when you painted the rainbows on the doors right uh, no, that was just because I was bored a few weeks ago. Oh. The last time was the Clementines on the wall. Um, and I'm sure there was something else. Probably the front door. I don't even know. I just paint everything. And so, yeah, this time I'm... What? You're a busybody. If you have, like, the slightest bit of downtime, you're either baking an extravagant cake or you're repainting something. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't do downtime. I'm so used to being 100% all the time, but I have to be constantly doing something. Even when we're watching a movie, I'm doing something. So I can't. Yeah, I need a little more of that in my life. Did you guys finish the bathroom? No, the hall bathroom is still gutted. We're waiting for tax returns to come in to do that. Gotcha. But this other one, I'm paint like it. Our bad, our bedroom and our bathroom were the only rooms in the house that were still gray. I hate gray so much, and so the bathroom is now a nice bright white. Our bedroom's gonna be um, like a deep, pretty green, like a dark emerald. And then I'm I'm making shelving. I'm painting the vanity black, and we have brass hardware to put on it. I'm doing a lot of things, and um, I'm actually really enjoying it. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> Ellen, you and I are literally the most opposite two people can get. Well, my next project is to get our pressure washer fixed, and I want to pressure wash all the driveway and the whole outside of the house. You do you, girl. I love, <laughs> it. you. I love doing it. It's so much fun. So Sorry, I've been blabbing about my junk. but Oh, I just want to do a really quick shout-out before we begin. <sighs> 
I know you're listening, Jeremy, and shout out to you for not hanging up the curtain rod that I asked you to hang up in our bedroom. We do not have shades. We do not have a curtain. And somebody is going to murder me because of that. They can see everything I do in here. I'm very upset about it. Now I have to do it. You guys, that is literally the one thing I asked him to do before he left. I said, I just need you to hang the curtain rod. He did not do it. Okay. Well, Let's get in. Sensor, you have to remind him like every 30 seconds or it, he doesn't remember. The thing <laughs> is, Chandler, is Jeremy unpackaged the curtain rod. Jeremy got the curtain rod out. He oh. put it on the bed and he didn't do it. <laughs> did he get sidetracked? I don't know what he did, but. Do um, you want to talk about a creepy window story? Yeah. So it's not even that creepy. Well, the ending's not creepy, but <laughs> during was creepy. So we were living in our house and I was had like bamboo blinds. Don't ask me why. I went through a phase. Okay. <laughs> and I could like see through them. So I we lived across the street from the pool. So the lights were always on over there. So I could kind of still see like on the roof. So I look out my window. I'm like laying in bed about to go to sleep and I see a leg and I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody's on our roof. Oh, hell, uh-uh. And I panicked, <laughs> and I run downstairs to my parents, and I'm like, guys, somebody's on our roof. And they're I like, I bet they what? didn't believe you. No, they were like, what? What are you talking about? And I'm like, guys, there's so I saw a foot. Someone is on our roof. Uh, come to find out, my sister's boyfriend had just got back in town, and he parked across the street, so we see his truck. He was on the roof. My sister's room was right next to mine, so he was oh. climbing up our roof to go to her window for oh. a <laughs> and I totally ratted her out because I thought someone was coming to murder me. <laughs> that is so good. I bet she hates oh. you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, she hilarious. hated him too. She was like, "I grabbed a baseball bat because he knocked on my window." Okay. Well, at least you two are on the same page. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's oh, do gosh. this thing. All right, let's do this, guys. I'm excited. Tell us all about it. We don't know anything about the case that Chandler's covering this week. I'm really excited. Yeah, so like Ellen mentioned last week, we've changed our gears a little bit. So rather than the first few episodes where we all researched it and all kind of knew what it was about, last week was the first time with Ellen that we've changed it around where each one of us will pick a case and do all the research and kind of present it to us. So it's kind of a fun almost like story time like we don't know what to expect so it's gonna be fun except for last week you guys had read about it because we had planned on doing it all together and then I changed with the last minute so this week we don't know we don't even know what Chandler's doing and you guys thought I knew what I was or you thought you knew what I was saying but I totally changed it on you so yeah you told us you changed it but you didn't tell us to what and I'm so excited that you didn't because I I love surprises like this yeah and it made me laugh because I was you were just talking about Shout out to your husband because uh, you're mad at him and you hate him because you didn't hang the blinds. Well, this is about a husband and wife. Let me just tell a little background. So I was looking up what I wanted to do. And I was like, I, I was born and raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. So I was like, well, let's look at like murders that have happened in North Carolina. Somewhere like close to home. So I find this case that happened in Durham, North Carolina, where I have cousins. Well, I was texting my cousin today, come to find out the husband lived in my cousin's neighborhood, was Mm -hmm. in my cousin's ward, went to my cousin's house for dinner, and they rode on his motorcycle. Oh, dang. 
Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I talked to my cousin today and we've been going back and forth and he's been like telling me stuff about what he thought about this guy when he came over. That's had, insane. Isn't that crazy? He was like, connections. Yeah. He was like, this hits close to home for me. And I was like, yeah. Janet Christensen and Raven Abaroa. They met at Southern Virginia University. They both came from big Mormon families. They were both super athletic and they met through the sport. And then Janet's family was describing her. They said she was super confident, warm spirit, smart, friendly, loved children, super outgoing. And they said Raven was very charismatic, super charming. And he did like whatever he could to make people believe that he lived this great life. So they meet in 1998, and then they're together for two years. They get married in the Washington, D.C. Temple, and they settle in southeastern Virginia. Um, soon after their wedding, he gets a job opportunity, and they move to Durham, North Carolina, where they both took a position at a sporting goods company. Once they moved, that's when Janet's sister said that Janet told her they were starting to have marital problems. He comes to Janet's and tells her that he wants out of the marriage, and he tells her that he's been cheating on her with several different people. Dang. And then, after he tells her this, she's like, what the heck? I don't know how I feel about this. And they separated. Well, then she finds out she's pregnant. Oh, great. Oh, no. Like, right after he tells her this. Then, they have their son in October, October 17th of 2004, and his name is Caden. Of course it and is. And after, yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like that sounds like such a typical. <sighs> yeah. Don't get me started on names from, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so after they have the kid, he comes to her, he's like, I am so sorry, like, I swore up and down that he was never going to cheat on her again, and that she was the only one for him. And he would make it work. After she had the baby? Yes, this is after she had the baby. Oh, man. That's what they always say. Yep, sure do. (laughs) So, of course, she's like, she tells her sisters, you know, I don't want to be a single mom. So she lets him move back in. So he comes back in, and things seem to be going really good. And then, but they were having financial problems. And at this point, Janet had told her sisters that, like, she wasn't happy in her marriage, but she was happy being a mother. They're having these financial problems, and then Raven gets caught stealing from the sports apparel company that they both worked for. And Janet was mortified, so she quits. And then he pleads guilty to five charges of embezzlement, but (laughs) but avoided serving any jail time. How? I have no idea. No idea. Maybe they like said pay it back. I don't know. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I have no idea. What year was this? This was in 2005. I believe it was 2005. That's pretty surprising for 2000s to five counts of embezzlement and not go to jail. Mm-hmm. So they say after this is going on that Janet kind of comes out and says that she just never knew with him. Every day was different. She didn't know what raven she was going to get. He just would lash out and be moody. And she thinks she's the only one that sees this side of him. Well, apparently 
her brother, when he was a teenager, his name was Mark Christensen, he had already kind of seen his moody, Raven's moody side. He said that there was an incident where Raven falsely accuses Mark of stealing money. And Mark said that Raven just like freaked out and he grabs him and he slams him against the wall. And he says, you don't know who I really am and what I'm capable of. And (laughs) he said that he had never seen the look in someone's eye like he had when he had picked him up and slammed him against the wall and said that. And he said, I was a teenage boy, so I was terrified. And he's like, I wasn't going to tell my sister because I knew they were having marital problems. I was only going to make it worse. Right. Oh, geez. So he sounds like he's got some issues. Yeah. (laughs) Got a lot of issues. Oh, yeah. April 26, 2005, Raven said his wife had been getting ready for bed around 8 p.m. when he left to play soccer with friends. And that was what he told the police. He said he returned home after 10 p.m. And found Janet's body with multiple stab wounds. And then he calls, yeah. (laughs) Then he calls 911. And if you watch the 2020 episode, they have his recording when he calls 911. I bet it sounds so bad. I want to hear that so bad. Like he's freaking out and he's crying and he's upset, but it's almost like super forced. Uh, uh, You can always tell in the 911. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then when he calls them, he says, my wife is dead. She's been shot. There's blood everywhere and she's not breathing. Interesting. Huh. So that's very interesting. Should we remember that for later? Yeah. Well, later as in like right now, because then the Durham police police quickly realized that she had been stabbed when they got there and not shot. So, okay. They figured that out pretty quickly. So then everyone's freaking out because this happened and her family got a call at like five in the morning and they come to the house. They're freaking out. Everyone's super sad and they're like trying to get to the bottom of this. They're like, we're going to figure out who did this. Well, Raven seems very disinterested, like doesn't want anything to do with it really. And he moves to Salt Lake City, Utah. Wow. Yeah. He just moves. And with his son. He's crying and freaking out on the 911 call. And then he's like, oh, okay, thanks, bye. So he just basically pulled a Josh Powell on everybody. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) He does that. And then there was this friend of theirs. His name was Tom Tom Dowd. And they met him. I think they met him in Virginia. But he, they were good friends, and he called Raven, and he was pretty much like, dude, what the heck are you doing? Like, you need to figure out who did this to your wife. And he said that he was just kind of like, whatever. I don't know. He was very disinterested, whatever. And then he moves to Salt Lake City. Wow. Yeah, and then once he moves there, I guess everyone kind of kept tabs on him, and they see that he is already back in the dating on the dating scene. And he meets this girl named Vanessa Pond. And she's a single mother and she has a daughter. And they meet because they're in the same, she's in the same daycare program as his son, Caden. Vanessa, it's interesting because they interview her and she was like, when he, when I first started like having conversations with him, it was just short talk. Um, Like he was trying really hard Mm -hmm. to talk to her and she was not having it. She was like, I don't want this. Um, She didn't really want a relationship 
but he invited her to lunch one day and then it kind of sounds like the rest is history from there so um isn't that just how they get you yeah something innocent like lunch it's well just they just don't leave you lunch. alone no <laughs> <laughs> um, that is so true though it's oh, true that's it's how so i got true. married oh, me too <laughs> Oh man, good times, good times, but not really. Um, so, <laughs> so then in summer of 2008, three years after Janet's death is still unsolved, they marry, they get married. Oh. Uh, so Janet's sisters find out that he's going to get married and they're like, okay, hold on. We, someone needs to warn this girl because... She has no idea what she's getting into. Because at this point, all of Janet's siblings are like, he did it. He killed her. No questions asked. Yeah. And so they reach out to her and they're like, Vanessa, you need to, um, well, because he had run, girl. Yes. (laughs) I guess he had mentioned to her that like his um, wife had died and Mm -hmm. that he was sad about it. But that was kind of it. They hadn't really talked about it. Um, that's or, a that's a big hole to leave out for your future wife. Yeah, for me, I'd be like, tell me everything, give me that case file, <laughs> right? We're solving this together, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I would feel. Uh, so they, but this, so they reach out to her before they get married, obviously, and they're like, hey, like you need to look up on the internet and look at all the news reports about him and what people are saying and how his wife died and all this stuff. So. Vanessa says she looks it all up and she's crying and she's super upset and she doesn't want to believe any of it. But like some of the things are just like, wow. <laughs> and so she confronts him and he's like, oh girl, you're going to get murdered too. Don't ever yeah. confront that. <laughs> That's run. what I was thinking. Why just would run. you say anything? Duh, you're dumb. Yeah. Dumb girl. <laughs> <laughs> It's, like, super sad, too. If you, like, look at her pictures and hear her in the 2020, like, she's super down-to-earth, seems super normal. She's real pretty. Um, looks like she just wants a good guy. Well, you done messed up. But she says when she confronted him, at the time after she read everything, she was not convinced that he was innocent. But uh-huh. after she asked him questions, he removed any and every di- doubt from my mind, is what she says. He had his stories about how people were trying to frame him, about how horrible the cops were, and how he continued to try to contact the police to find out what was going on. Okay, said. first of all, honey, if somebody <sighs> says they're trying to frame me, they're probably guilty. Yeah. No one is ever actually trying to frame a normal person in real life. Like, if someone says, oh, they're all against me, the police are against me, they're trying to frame me. It's very he, rare. He, he lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Yes. Sounds like he always plays the victim. And don't confront. Get out and don't confront. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. He could have killed her right then and there when she confronted him. Yeah, exactly. Like, have you guys ever seen, um, what's that? What's it called? You on Netflix? Yes. No. Okay. Yes. You know, so this is spoiler alert. So if you've not seen it and you want to watch it, fast forward. But there's a part where this girl finds a jar of tea that he has saved from these people, these girls he's killed. And instead of just running out and leaving, she talks to him afterward. 
You are dumb, girl. <laughs> yeah, that, show, that show is gives you the creeps. I haven't seen the second season yet. Me either. I heard it's good. I've been meaning to watch it. It's creepy as heck. Mm-hmm. So the sisters pretty much are telling her, you know, we're fearful for you. <laughs> they don't say these exact words, but pretty much what Ellen was saying, you should run. Like, he's not who he says he is. Um, she says, so Vanessa says she was heartbroken. She wouldn't want to believe it, any of it, and that he had done this. So she married him anyway, though, of course. Oh, oh good. Good choice. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, in the 2020 episode, they're, like, asking the sisters, they're like, so when she went ahead and married him anyway, how did you guys feel? And they were just, they just pretty much, like, shook their heads. That They were like, she was like, take them. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you said she was on the 2020 because that goes ahead and tells me she didn't die. But yeah, I mean, I honestly, I was like, she's gonna, he's gonna kill her. Yep. She's the next one. Mm-hmm. That's for sure what everyone thought. Oh, and then I thought this was just super odd. Before they get married, he, Raven asked Vanessa's father for her hand in marriage. Well, I guess... <laughs> Before doing so, though, they asked him, they confronted him about killing his ex-wife. Like, they were like, did you her parents her? did? Yes. Oh, dang. <laughs> Daddy ain't playing. Yeah. And, but he pretty much tells them, he, does, he like, beats around the bush. He doesn't answer the question. All he says is, I really loved my wife. <gasps> oh, my gosh. He didn't deny it to them? No, that's all he says is, like, I really loved my wife. Not, of course I didn't murder her. (laughs) Just, I loved her. Well, you can love her and kill her too. Yeah. Like, if that's not the biggest red flag. Yeah. So then after he says this, he asks for their daughter's hand in marriage, and the dad's like, sure. What? What? (laughs) So they, yeah, so they get married summer of 2008. (laughs) like graduated high school uh, <laughs> oh my gosh uh, that's insane for the parents to not be like uh yeah no right. for them to not just instantly get the creeps and be like yeah you're not marrying my daughter that's weird yeah unfortunately though their daughter was probably like 20 yeah something at this point she's a single mom and they're like well i guess she can make this decision for herself but you get killed, don't come crying to me, you know? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's the terrible thing my mom would say to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Yep. Oh, gosh. Anyway, so I thought this was super strange. So they get married, and they go to Las Vegas for their honeymoon. Well, she says the night, the first night that they're there, he brings up his wife, Janet. And oh. he's like... He talks about how he wasn't sad that she died, but he was mad that she died. <gasps> what? And then... Because uh, it was probably her fault, right? Right. <laughs> he's still the victim. His wife's dead, but he's the victim. Of course he is. They always are. Exactly. Anyway, and they're like, that is so weird that he would bring up his dead wife on your guys' honeymoon. The first night of your guys' honeymoon. He brings this up. Yeah. Then Vanessa says, after he's talking about this, he gets real, cuddles real close to her. And he's like, 
I just and got he's... the heebie-jeebies over yeah. that cuddle word. I hate cuddling. I hate it so much. Ugh. But he gets real close to her, and he says, I won't hurt you. He's like, don't worry, I won't ever hurt you. Oh, okay. Oh, Bye. no. Run, girl, run. Oh, I would have died right there and then. Oh, can you just imagine, like, laying in bed, and he cuddles real close and then breathes in your ear and says, Oh, I would shank him in the throat. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I won't hurt you. Like, I would freak out. No, 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 no. Let me paint you a picture. (laughs) Do not ever cuddle me. Guys, and you should see his picture. Like, he doesn't look like your typical creep, but he looks like, oh, like, he just looks like somebody who, uh, there he is. Let me see. Ew. Okay, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Younger, he wasn't too bad. Still would not date. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. But even when he's older, and as he gets older, I kind of see the whole, ooh, if someone looked like that and cuddled up close, close to me and was like, I promise I'm not going to ever hurt you. <laughs> Don't ever touch me. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wonder if that night in her head, she goes, oh, what the crap did I just do? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, don't touch me ever. Ugh. <sighs> I, yeah. I don't know how I have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't have to last very long. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I'm so glad you can edit these podcasts. Um, no, you have to leave that. <laughs> no, you got to support in. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't have many listeners as it is, so any of those yes. <laughs> oh, that's true. <sighs> so, then, as the relationship goes on, she says he goes into these mood swings of, he, she says within moments he could switch. He could say the most horrible things, and then moments later he would apologize. Oh. I was hmm. married to somebody like that before. <laughs> yeah, narcissist. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's anger issues, control issues right there. Oh, yes. Bipolar, you name it. It's everything. So then she says the outburst became physical. So the emotional abuse turned into physical abuse. She said he grabbed me from the door and threw me up against the wall, and then I fell. Later, he tried to convince me that I had tripped. <gasps> that's awful. Yeah. Like, how messed up in the head do you have to be? Yeah. Pretty well- messed up. It's almost like, it's almost like he knows he messed up, but he won't admit that he was the one who messed up. So he's going to make you think that you tripped or you did something. Right. Well, everything is your fault and not his, Mm -hmm. no matter what. Right. Exactly. That's what they do. Yep. Yeah. So four months into the marriage, she fears for her life and she leaves. And Good girl, yes. the marriage. <laughs> oh, the marriage was annulled. Okay, is annulled the same thing as divorced? No, um, a divorce is like a big major thing. Annul is basically your grace period where you're like, okay, cancel. Yeah, basically, uh, annulled is basically saying like we're wiping out that this marriage even happened. So it'll yeah. show that it was annulled, but it's basically the same as like undoing the marriage rather than just 
getting a divorce, which is like breaking the marriage. And annulment is like, yeah, like Ellen said, like you basically just canceled the wedding, like the the marriage. It's like it, you undo it. Yeah, okay. it's not a big, huge thing. It's just a, you know, cancellation, like it said. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, yeah, good to know. Because I was like, I don't think it's the same thing, but maybe it is. Oh. Nah, you're right. Yeah. So she leaves. Thank goodness. Um, then in spring of 2009, Vanessa decides to go public with his first wife. Um, they get a new detective assigned to the case, and his name was, oh, Sol. They just call him Sol, S-O-L-E. Okay. Um, oh, sorry, Charles Sol. I did not see his first name. <laughs> uh, so he's the new detective assigned to the case, and... He looks into it more and says that Raven never kept the lie straight. Um, his statements to law enforcement initially were contradictory. And then, so let me rewind a little bit because I kind of forgot a part. So when they go in to investigate the crime scene, they find a fingerprint on the wall, which was never, they never found out whose fingerprint that was. Mm. Uh, I can't remember. What? Yeah. But and they know it's not a, his. I guess so. I need to go back and look at that because I was super confused too. Because it sounded like they said that they never found out who it was or they just never examined it. Mm. But they had to have examined it though because it would have been like, if it was his. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I, I guess thinking about our last episode with Robert Tipton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? They could have just been like, eh, we're just going to look past that. Yeah, Yeah, don't worry about the fingerprint. Not important. Details, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Then there was a bloody footprint on the carpet, and they said that didn't match Raven's footprint. Ooh. Okay, but it didn't match Janet's? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, they just said it didn't match Raven's, so. Okay. I don't know. Anyway... Charles Soule was reviewing the crime scene photos, and then he said something stuck out to him that was odd. He noticed the contact case on the counter with the top of it indicating to me that the likelihood that the contacts were probably not in there, which would be contrary to her going to bed or, as Raven said, in the bed going to sleep. Oh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Then when police interviewed Janet's family and friends, Sol said that they told them Janet was consistent with removing her contacts before going to sleep. He said he found this detail suspicious. Right. Yeah, so if it, her contacts weren't in the case, they have to be in her eyeballs. Right. So she obviously wasn't going to bed yet. Or in bed, wow. as he yeah, said. Like he said she was. Okay. Right. Then Sol said that not seeing any disturbance based on the manner of her death, a stabbing, is not immediate it's usually violent with struggling mm-hmm. and they didn't see any of that so <laughs> i thought this was really interesting how did he figure something out with pigs so after he was oh, rem- sorry did you say pigs yes yeah pigs. <laughs> okay shout out to ellen who has a pig <laughs> yeah oink oink so soul receives the fragments of the contact lens and he cleans them and he washed them he washed them with sterile water. Well, he said, I think I washed them with sterile water to get a better view. 
Oh, sorry. This is not Charles Soule. He did not wash them. Doctor. What are we we talking about? Wash what? The contacts. contacts. Where did they find the contacts? Her eyeballs. Oh, they exhumed her or they got them during the autopsy? Sorry, I did skip that, didn't I? Yeah, you did. (laughs) I did. (laughs) Sorry. So, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Backtrack. So, in July. Okay, even more backtrack. So Raven ends up, <laughs> Raven gets arrested on February 1st of 2010, and he's charged with first-degree murder and the death of his wife, his first wife. In July of 2010, Janet's body was exhumed, and authorities okay. determined that she had been wearing contacts when she was buried. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. Ooh. So then Dr. Charles Zwirling... Z-W-E-R-L-I-N-G. Yep. Whirling. He's an ophthalmologist, and he received the contacts lens fragments. And he thinks he washed, or he thinks, I think I washed them with sterile water to get a better view, is what he said. Um, the material actually swelled from the water and resumed a comic shape typical of your contacts lens. But the key finding was finding the numbers 1, 2, 3 on sample A. This was conclusive evidence that this was an ActiView contact lens. So why was that significant? Because, so in order... Was it to verify that she was not in bed or asleep, as he said? I mean, obviously that's what that meant, if those were in mm-hmm. her eyes and she was buried. But just, why, does he, why is he saying that it was an ActiView contact does that matter yeah i don't it doesn't say i don't know if maybe that was just well no that never mind that was gonna be really dumb i'm not gonna say that um <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna no i know i'm not gonna tell you what i <laughs> I, I have to know Kelly. <laughs> i was like because that would tell that it was her contact lens like does you know they were in her eyes like of course that was her <laughs> contact lens Oh my gosh. Oh, honey. Oh, oh, Oh. wow. Okay. But no, it doesn't ever really specify why that was important. Okay. I was just wondering if there was a reason. I'm not trying to like make you nervous. I just was wondering if there was a reason. If there wasn't a reason, then whatever. I know. Yeah. No, I had to double check because I was like, I don't remember there being a reason, but maybe there was and I just missed that. But probably just to confirm Charles Soule's theory which was that she was not in bed or asleep because she had her contacts still in so casting even more suspicion and doubt on raven's um uh words yeah well he conducts this doctor swirling guy conducts a recreation using sets of pig eyes in three separate boxes (gasps) oh my heavens nice (laughs) My poor Joanna. (laughs) She has the longest, most beautiful eyelashes. (laughs) She does. I'll show you. I'll take a picture and show you. She is an angel. Poor little piggy eyeballs. Who who gets carsick? Oh. (laughs) Never in my life known a carsick to be as bad as that. I can't even talk about it. I still can't talk about it, you guys. It's awful. It was the car still stinks. But thank goodness I don't uh, have a car. So uh, oh, sorry, Jeremy. I love it. That's what you get for not hanging my 
I was <laughs> just about to say that. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Oh my oh. goodness. <sighs> okay. But he does this. Mess with me. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, we're going to be, our next true crime podcast is going to be about Ellen. <laughs> we can do an interview Ellen thing. <laughs> yeah. I still have to tell you guys what I want for my birthday. You'll love it. Is this what you told us originally? Yes. I want you to make a dateline about Yes. Me. And what we would say about you if you died. Yeah, and I want to know how I die. Oh, that would be fun. That would be I really would fun. I love to have that. I think about that every day. <laughs> <laughs> the dateline. And I told my mom and Jeremy about it, and they were like, yeah, that's weird. And I was like, why is that weird? I love dateline. Jeremy said, so you do realize that we have to talk about you actually being murdered mm-hmm. in this episode, right? I said, yeah, I would just be really creative, okay? But they didn't think it was funny. I think that's cool. I, I want think of a really interesting way to kill you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I better, it better be really good. I'll write your eulogy. I, yeah, I want to hear that too. I want all of my death things for my birthday. I'll write your Tell crime me. scene. Yeah, I want to know. That's what I want for my birthday, guys. Done. Done. Got cool. it. I'm excited. Taylor, I'm so excited. Taylor and I are on it. Yes. I, ooh, you should do a whole birthday episode for me. <gasps> Yes, that would be so fun. That would be. Awesome. We can. It can be your case. We can. Yeah. Present your. My birthday. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so fun. <laughs> Taylor and I will get together separately and present the case. Yes. Caraway. Okay. That's. I funny. am so excited. Okay, Chandler, please continue. Gosh, we Ooh. could even get. Sorry, hold on. We could even get like pictures together. Make show Ellen. I would die. We can use your John Wayne Gacy picture for Polly. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, that was real bad. Oh my gosh. Just, just for clarification to our listeners, I did not dress up like John Wayne Gacy for Halloween. Although, don't put a picture. So I dressed up as the Queen of Hearts, and um. I live in Florida, and it was pouring rain. It was like monsoon. But I have white blonde hair. My mom goes, hey, we need to make your hair red. And I was like, I don't have time for that. I was doing a um, a church Halloween party that I was in charge of with, you know, my auxiliary. And I said, I've really got to go. And she goes, no, 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 no. This is going to work great. And she puts powdered jello in my hair. <laughs> oh, well. My- I go outside with the umbrella and I'm standing there trying to buckle my screaming children into their car seats to go two seconds down the road. And the umbrella, unbeknownst to me, has broken and is just a bowl weight filling up with water and it fills <laughs> up and it dumps on me. It's awful. I will include it in the post for this if you want to see it. It's terrible. We'll it's save totally it. Terrible. We'll save it for the birth your birthday episode. Okay, we can save it for yeah. that. But yeah. So all of our listeners awful. can look forward to that. It is the most amazing <laughs> photo. Well, the thing is, is I was so upset about it because I had spent hours like embroidering my costume and making my costume and doing these things. I love Halloween. It's my favorite. And so I spent hours and hours and hours making my costume, and it was completely ruined from the rain my tights blood onto my skin. It was just so bad. And I get home 
and my mom was at my house and she was in the shower in my in my <laughs> my bathroom and I hadn't seen myself at this point. I was just really mad. And I look in the mirror and I started laughing so hard. I just peed my pants. I just stood there and peed and I was like, This this is typical of my life. And my mom thought I was just standing there sobbing and it was the kind of laughing where it just squeaks. Like I just can't even make any noise. And she's like, Are you okay? What's wrong? And then I start like the witch cackle, you know, that I get when I'm really laughing. Uh-huh. Oh, it was, and she's just like, I don't, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know what's happening. So it was crazy. And, the, and, and so that was the picture that I took to show Jeremy what had happened after I had been crying the whole way home. It's so amazing. <laughs> Truly terrifying. <laughs> Now that I've gone on yet another tangent, oh, I'm so sorry, Chandler. Before we go back, for our listeners, when is your birthday so they can look forward to that picture? Oh. So my birthday is June 5th. I share a birthday with Pete Wentz and Barbara Bush. Oh, Pete Wentz. Give me some Pete Wentz, please. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, so... <laughs> little over four months, and we're gonna make you an episode and post that picture. No, I, I am. That's gonna be the best birthday present ever. That's okay. really. That's not asking for much at all. No, no it's not. It's I'd not love. Nice. I'd love to plan your death. <laughs> I, know, I want to know everything. I want to know everything. Oh my gosh! Yes, this would be so fun. I'm gonna make a special trip to Atlanta just to do this. Oh, that'll be so much fun. No, okay, we should go. We should all go down to Florida. And do and like oh, record it like stand in front of your house like well not I mean not oh like, my god but like you like this is 2020 or no this is daylight <laughs> 2020 oh this my is- god Miranda Caraway uh, yeah is daylight and here behind me you, is the scene of the crime <laughs> we'll just have little excerpts of like Ellen talking and Jeremy talking and like the kids <laughs> this is gonna be amazing. You're going to ask my kids what they think about me and they're going to they're going to say that I'm mean cuz tonight Max was praying and she goes, "And please don't let mommy yell at me." And I was like, "Wow." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, this will be so great. <sighs> okay, back to the story. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, it's cool. This is this is fun. This is good. Here we go. I think I figured out though why the activity contest was were important. See, it was an important tangent for a reason, Ellen. <laughs> it looks like, sorry, and I'm reading a lot of this, my sources, but he just explains it so well. I don't really know how to do this. Yeah, go for it. Who says this? Sorry, I the, don't remember. The ophthalmologist. Yeah, the okay. ophthalmologist, Dr. Zwirling. So in order to demonstrate how a contact lens decays over a period of time, if it were buried with a body, he conducted the recreation of the pig, of the sets of pig eyes in three separate boxes. Oh, that's right, the pig eyes. (laughs) So he says, I applied the contact lens. I applied a lens cap, which is done at your funeral home. I used the same solutions, even the same lens. Maybe you have to have a certain solution for different types of contacts. Maybe, I don't know, I don't wear contacts. I'm just sailing. Oh, which is basically salt water. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe I didn't figure out the importance of that. So, <laughs> well, I want to know what you were going to say, though. Uh, 
Oh, that's what I was thinking. Like, is there like different solutions for like brand of contact or is it all the same? <laughs> yeah, saline is saline. It's just what the liquid is in your eye. Okay. Salt water. Yeah. So then I still don't know. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, then he said I got a lot. Sorry. <laughs> he says I got these little caskets, these wooden boxes, and I put the pig eyes in them and buried them actually in my backyard. <laughs> Oh, man. What? <laughs> There's a picture, too, of them in his backyard. With, he has, I want to see it. That's, yeah. going on the, that's going on our, our yeah, website. Yeah, I'll send it to you. I need all that. I need to see this. Yeah, you can't, I want to see that. you can't see the pigs, but you can see, like, the signs he has. If you look up the pictures, but. Um, do the signs say pig eyes <laughs> here? No, they say, they just say contact lens simulation. Like, oh. the, Examination study. Examination. Yeah. August 1st, 2013. So anyway, so he does this. He buries him in the backyard. And then after six months, I exhumed the first box and so forth. The final analysis showed that the contact lenses did change just like the one we discovered. Apparently, this evidence was crucial in determining a flaw in Raven's story. Which would be what? That I'm, she did not go to bed. Yeah, she wasn't in going to bed or in bed when he left. Well, obviously, if she didn't... Okay, so I guess I don't understand why he had to do this experiment knowing that she was buried <clears throat> with the contacts in her eyes. I think it was just all about poking holes in Raven's statement because the more contradictory he seems, the more his statement falls through. And with him being the only suspect... You know, maybe they can use those holes to hound back at him or interrogate him and see if he says something different or cops to it. But I think it was just important to show that he wasn't telling the truth. But we knew he wasn't telling the truth when they exhumed her and saw that she had contacts in her eyes. I guess I just don't understand what all this work was for, this extra work, if we still have the same answer that, yes, she had contacts in, she wasn't in bed. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really sure either. What I mean, it's not going to make it any more obvious. Like, it's not going to change the fact or make it more. Um, yeah, you're right. So you know I don't I mean? know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't that's either. Just, that's just my brain. I can't wrap my head around stuff sometimes, but mm-hmm. it's not going to make them any any more right than saying she did. Well, she wasn't in bed because she had her contacts in. Right. I don't really, yeah, I guess I didn't really understand either why that was, like, this huge suspicion. I mean, it's kind of a suspicion, but at the same time, it's like, okay, well, maybe she, what if she did forget that night? Or, like, because really, we're just taking her family's word that she's super consistent about taking her contacts out. True, a lot of people see their contacts. Yeah, that's gross, for one. And also, so I wear glasses, 99.999% of the time because I have astigmatism in my eyes and and I hate wearing them and I would never forget to take my contacts out just because I would have been so uncomfortable all day but if she always wore contacts she might not have had that same problem a lot of people don't have that problem I just it's just irritating to me I irritates my eyes so badly yeah which I think that's not something that I would forget to do Right. Which is probably another reason that they took the contact thing seriously because. Yeah. Okay, say I was murdered 
and it was like, yeah, she was in bed, but she still had, she was a bed asleep with her makeup still on. Anybody that knows me would know I would never go to bed with my makeup on. <laughs> I always scrub my face. It's true. Yeah, that's true. I'm laughing so, because we already know that I will wear the same makeup to bed. Like <laughs> yes, it's true. That's what I'm saying. People who know me know that's never going to happen. I'm never going to go to bed with makeup on. Yeah. Her parents would know. That's yeah. true. And if it's and if she's a grown woman and she's had contacts and it's a daily habitual routine, yeah, it's yeah. it's very uncommon she's going to forget. Sorry, Chandler, again. Oh, you're fine. This is good. This is good. I'm glad. I was worried I wasn't going to fill the time. <laughs> no, we've got lots of time going. We're good. <laughs> okay. The trial, so the trial begins in 2013. So the prosecutors presented Raven as a controlling husband. And then Vanessa, his second wife, testifies as a witness for the prosecution. Um, she detailed how she saw Raven become violent on the stalker field and how his aggression turned on her. She said, when he sees weakness, he just comes at you harder and harder. He told me how much he hated me and how much it didn't matter if I died. Ooh. But Raven's defense team argued that the prosecution's evidence against their client was mostly circumstantial and police had ignored evidence, including a bloody shoe print that they said could have pointed to a different killer. Okay, well, that could just mean that he had help. Right? That's what I was yeah. thinking. So then in May 2013, the jury failed to reach a verdict, deadlocking 11-1 on a guilty verdict, and the judge oh. declared a mistrial. Wow. Oh, that sucks. 11-1? to 1. Yeah. So then, before Raven's second trial, which was supposed to be begin in March 2014, he entered an Alfred plea for voluntary manslaughter. Um, okay. So that acknowledging that there was evidence to convict him, but not admitting guilt. Right. So Vanessa, so oh, sorry, what? Uh, just a little bit of clarification: an Alfred plea is when you're not denying, but you're not admitting to anything. Right. And then Vanessa goes on to say, I was shocked, but more than that, I was shocked at what the plea deal turned out to be. She said, that's not justice at all. It's not justice. So the judge sentenced him to between 95 and 123 months in jail, but he was- oh. Months? Yeah, months. And then oh. he was granted credit for the four years he had spent behind bars before and during his trial, oh, which was applied good. as time served. Perfect. So he's out trolling for a new wife now? Oh, yes. Raven didn't testify at his trial. Surprise. But he spoke in court in 2014 after being sentenced, and this is what he said. I would just like to state that I didn't receive a fair trial the first time. I don't think I'll receive a fair trial a second time. He told the court at the time, I don't think it's worth risking the possibility of spending the rest of my life in prison for something I didn't do. I take this plea to ensure that doesn't happen, and that's the only reason... I didn't kill my wife. Hold on. Wait. Hold on. Let me reread that last sentence. Yeah. I okay. like, what do you mean? I take this plea to ensure that doesn't happen. And that's the only reason. Period. I didn't kill my wife. <laughs> I, was like, I was really, really confused. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that didn't what? sound right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you clarified. Yeah. That was a period, not a comma. Gotcha. Yeah. And then now he, Raven is now 39, was released from prison on Christmas Day, 2017, and he now lives in Utah. 
Stay in Utah. Nobody wants you out of Utah. Just stay away. And women in Utah, beware. (laughs) I love this. Raven and his defense attorney declined to comment for this report. And then Vanessa said her advice for other women who might meet Raven is to stay away. (laughs) That's insane that he got. I mean, so little time bothers me. Yes, months. The word, the fact that the end of that sentence is months and not years Mm -hmm. is bothersome to begin with. But then the fact that they took a completely unrelated four-year sentence and used it as time already served to this sentence is ridiculous. Yeah. That basically means he spent three years, less than three years in jail for this. Yeah, that was it. That's insane. What a winner. Mm-hmm. And then, I love, this is the last thing I'll leave you with, and this is the last thing Vanessa says. She says, please listen to what's out there, what's available on the internet. Please don't be drawn in, and please get away as fast as you can. <laughs> she's talking about him? Yeah, she's just talking to, like, women in general, or men also, I guess. Anybody. This is what she's and learned. <laughs> Don't get drawn in by a liar. Yeah, don't get, like, listen to what you hear and what's on the internet, and don't get drawn in. Also, I just want to put out there, listen to your gut, guys. Yeah. If you don't feel comfortable around somebody and you can't explain why, you don't need to explain why. Just don't be around that person. Mm -hmm. If you are not comfortable and you are scared for whatever reason get away yeah you don't have you don't have to be nice to somebody and risk getting hurt or feeling uncomfortable just because you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings because that's kind of what Vanessa said was that she didn't like like she didn't like to be around him in the beginning she didn't talk to him but he essentially wore her down yeah and that's not okay yeah no it's not okay at all I have a story sort of Before Jeremy and I got married, there was this guy that, oh my heavens, you guys, this dude, I'm not kidding. He would call me like 12 times a day. Oh. And do you, and you, you guys know me. What did I do when he called me? Okay. Obviously you don't know me. I didn't answer. I didn't answer the phone. I was going to say ignored him. (laughs) Yeah. I literally never answered the phone when he called me. He would still call me like 12 times plus a day and it got to a point where I was like I can't take my freaking phone ringing one more time I don't know what the deal was I never you know gave him any idea that I was interested in because I absolutely was not but apparently his mother had he had just come back from his mission and his mother had told him that I was single and that he should date me. And so he got in his mind that I was going to be the one he was going to date, even though I did not consent to that. <laughs> it's awful. If you, and it, was, it made me so uncomfortable. I couldn't, like, I had to just hide at church and everything. It was just like, I just, ugh. I don't think I call my husband 12 times in a week. Mm-mm. Oh, no, <laughs> I don't. He calls me when he's gone all the time. I, I don't think you want to hear a creepy story when I was in the singles ward? Yes. Absolutely. I so, do. there was this guy in the singles ward, and he was very strange. 
actually we've talked about him ellen yes was telling you, um, is this the is this the ferret yes, guy that had the little um Jedi braid? <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah so if you're listening obi-wan <laughs> don't take offense no seriously if he ever listened to this it'd be super scary because i would not doubt that he would murder somebody like oh and you just said that yeah <laughs> oh. uh, anyway hey you know, sometimes you just get yeah. So he, well, okay, before, rewind, before I even came into the single sword, I had gone to the single sword one Sunday with my sister and her husband and then her husband's best friend. Well, we get there and we're sitting in the sacrament meeting and he gets a text message and he's like, hey, this is so-and-so, but don't call me that. He's like, this is my name now, call me that, but I'm in the foyer. Was it Obi-Wan yes, Kenobi? and he's like, my brother-in-law's friend is like, what the heck? Who is this? So he walks out into the foyer and sees this guy. And he was roommates with him at BYU-Idaho. And he's like, oh, my gosh. So then when I go into the singles ward, I get to know this guy a little bit more, which was very risky on my part. I should not have done that. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he come to find out he, cha- he was married. And then him and his wife divorced. And then he moves out here, doesn't tell his family, tells his family they're dead to him, comes out here, changes his name. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, dang. Not even who he says he is, like, has this whole story about how the divorce was his wife's fault and his family's so awful and everybody is out to get him. And that's why he changed his name because he doesn't want anyone to come find him. And he was living on the um, uh, Native American, the, no, what is it? The... Um, Reservation. Reservation. Yeah, because apparently he's Catawba something. Who knows? Oh. Anyway. Murder. I was like, weirdo, weirdo, <laughs> weirdo. Red flag, red flag, and red flag. Stay away. How many ferrets does he have? I don't know. <laughs> no, he had a fox, not a ferret. Oh, a fox. A fox. That is so cute. Okay, I would have totally yeah. got it over. I was about to say, that's how he got you, Ellen. That's how he gets the girls. That's how he gets me. I wanted to pet a fox. <laughs> That's just how it happens, guys. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Chandler, that was a really amazing case. Good. I'm glad you guys liked it. I was a little nervous because I was like, it's not super like gory or like about murder, no. but it's, it's I good. like the the murder, like the husband wife, husband kills his wife stuff. So. Yeah, no, you did really great. That was a crazy story. And I'd never heard that and that's not that far from me so yeah oh this was the text my cousin sent me just fyi so i just i mean it's nothing too crazy but i just asked him well at first i was like is he in your ward and for anybody that doesn't know he he went to his same church so he went to my cousin's church same congregation and i asked my cousin i said did y'all meet him before everything happened and did he seem pretty normal he said, yes, I was pretty young when it all happened, but like good neighbors. Oh, sorry. Stay yeah. <laughs> I just did that in my head. <laughs> I, can't. Oh. I can't read this seriously. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, it's okay. That was because that's not what he meant to say. When it all happened, but they were good ne- ne- <laughs> they were good neighbors and ward members 
We had them over for a big group dinner, and he came over on a cool red motorcycle. His wife was super nice, and I think my mom said she was kind of timid, though. Hmm, I wonder why. She was kind of what? She was kind of what? Timid. Timid. Is this the first or the second wife? The first wife. <gasps> oh, my gosh. He met the murdered wife? Oh, yeah. He met them before this all went down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They came over to the house for a dinner. He said, I remember he showed us how he had taught the baby to hold its own bottle and drink by itself. Then he took Melissa and I, Melissa's his sister, um, on motorcycle rides down the street. I thought he was pretty cool. But eventually he disappeared from the ward and conversation until one time a few years later, I heard about it all. My mom was way into the story and could tell you a lot more, but that's about all I remember. I think my mom wanted wanted to follow the trial too. Oh, man. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I just have to tell you guys that this whole time we've been talking murder, I've been browsing thread up. <laughs> Clothes? Yeah. I, see, I have to be doing something every time. Every time I'm sitting still, I've got to be doing something. And right now I'm doing two things at once. I can't do two things at once. That takes skill, though, Ellen. That's good. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> but Chandler, awesome job. That was a really yeah, great really. case. Thank you. Oh, good, guys. I was really stressed. Not really, but I was awesome. (laughs) I was just nervous. Not that I'm, like, getting graded, but I was just (laughs) wanting to do well. No, you did a great job. Thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yes. We're so glad you're still with us. uh, Ooh, tell us what you think, if you think he did it or not. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, like, solved, but kind of unsolved all at the same time. Because he yeah. uh, the plea deal, yeah, but wasn't convicted. Oh, yeah. He wasn't acquitted. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, email us, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and email us at murderthespokepod at gmail.com. Nope. Let us know what you think. What? Nope. Never mind. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I know what I'm talking yeah. about. And our <laughs> website is murderthespoke.wordpress.com. Yeah. yeah, and all of our sources, all of Chandler's sources will be in the link in our description box. Yeah. And you can find them all on our website. And remember, guys, murder doesn't discriminate, so stay safe out there, especially if you come across any long-haul truckers. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.